Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Now, it's a little bit late today. Normally, we do this at 8 o'clock Eastern on Thursdays, but we had a guest at 8 o'clock, so we moved it an hour. No big whoop. It is Thursday. That means the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. Exploring sports' biggest what-ifs and could-have-beens. Let's dive into the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. Okay, Perloff. New documentary coming out about the Patriots dynasty. It's going to be a 10-parter. They're going to spill all the tea. People are angry. People are mad. People are fighting. We're going to get it all, yeah, allegedly. That's a lie. It's going <laughs> to be nine episodes of, of the Patriots stomping on the AFC's heads. But go ahead. Yeah. Then one episode of the look bad at the end. Okay, go ahead. So our multiverse today, what if Bill Belichick had never left the New York Jets to go and coach the New England Patriots? An all-time what if from both uh, the Patriots side of things, the Tom Brady side of things, then also, if we want to, a little of the Jets side of things. Yes. Uh, listen, it's going to get complicated. All right. So further explain what happened because. Okay. Oh, do yeah. people need to know this? Okay. Yeah. I'll rehash really quickly. Yes. So uh, Bill Belichick gets fired in Cleveland. That was his first head yeah. coaching job after he was the defensive coordinator for two championships yep. with the New York Giants. He put together an all-time staff in Cleveland. Remember Nick Saban, Kirk Ferentz. I mean, this is a star-studded staff. Uh, they get fired in Cleveland when Art Modell is moving the team to Baltimore. Right. And Belichick then goes to the New England Patriots where he was an assistant coach because Bill Parcells is obviously mentor uh, was with the Pats. Then they both leave, go to the New York Jets. Robert Kraft has called that the biggest mistake of his entire life is letting Bill Belichick walk out the door the first time. So then when Bill Parcells and Belichick are there with the Jets, Bill Parcells uh, retires 1999, the day after a playoff loss. And Bill Belichick becomes the heir apparent to the Jets. Now, that was uh, three days later, I believe, where he was at a press conference where he was accepting the job as the head coach of the New York Jets. Ah. He then resigned as the head coach of the Jets. And uh, the Patriots traded a first-round pick for Belichick, and now the rest is history. So we're doing an alternate universe here, the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff, where Belichick never goes to New England, where he stays in New York. So I did some research on this, and I've— I think I had it right. It's a crazy, crazy story. There's Everybody has a different version. So Belichick famously with the letter and all that stuff yeah, that I happened. Yeah, resigned as HC, the yeah. NYG. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. a napkin or something? It was, yeah. uh, it, it, it's been retold that okay. it was basically like on a dirty cocktail napkin. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it was. It was uh, on a piece of paper. So I think that the Jets never win. Okay. I agree. <laughs> because the re- Belichick has said the reason was the new owners that were coming in they didn't know who it was yet. They didn't know who it was, but the two choices, <laughs> you know who the other choice was. I do. One, well, Woody Johnson, Woody who Johnson, eventually who got, got the team, yeah. and then Charles Dolan, right. the and father of James Dolan. Belichick said later, and this might be uh, Monday morning quarterback, he had issues with both owners. Yep. So he chose the right owner, Robert Kraft. 
I think to be a Super Bowl winning team, you need all three levels to be awesome. You need ownership to be awesome, coaching to be awesome, and the players to be awesome. And I know everyone's giving Tom Brady all the credit now, but I don't think you had all three layers with the Jets. So I don't think you reach the same heights that you did. And that's basically why he left to know what I would call organizational excellence. So I don't think the Jets ever get out of their own way, even with Bill Belichick. I don't think he can overcome what turned out to be a tumultuous ownership situation. And I know Woody Johnson's had moments. He's got the two FC title games. He's by no means the worst owner. I mean, there's never going to be another. Daniel Snyder was in this NFL in the 2000s. They're worst owners. But I just don't think that it was all going to come together in the way that it did come in New England. Uh, okay, it's funny because I agree with you that the ownership is a problem with the Jets and would have been meddling and all of that, yet we have really high hopes for Jim Harbaugh, who's coming in as a head coach with um, a lot of distinction. The ownership group of the Chargers is not a picnic. It's not the Dan Snyder level, but they definitely meddle, and yet we believe that Harbaugh would be able to overcome bad ownership. So I think I would probably give Bel- Belichick the benefit of the doubt. Here's another reason why I think they would have won in New York with Belichick. Parcells was still here. So you had Bill Parcells, who was still in the front office, maybe could have stiff-armed Woody Johnson a little bit and maybe played a little bit more of a buffer so that Belichick could have done his thing. So you would have had Bill Parcells potentially playing in between mediator, whatever, to try to let Bill Belichick just be, you know, just, just coach the team. Sounds uh, a that, that would be yeah. My... It sounds like a perfect world scenario. <laughs> uh, it, it's not just. I don't think it's just meddling too. It's just setting a tone in the building okay. as well. Like Kraft does everything sort of very professionally for years. Did that, and I, I think even if you keep Woody Johnson out of the picture, I do think that just it's impossible for the owner not to impact the entire building. Oh yeah, and look what happens now. There's still leaks with the Jets. It's still mm-hmm. embarrassing, and all these 25 years yeah. later, basically. But here's the other thing. Robert Kraft had to learn that lesson. If you hear Robert Kraft, he regretted how he treated Parcells at times because he was also meddling at the time. So then when Belichick came in, he was very hands-off. And I'm curious about how Robert Kraft's going to treat Gerard Mayo and whether or not he dips his hands back into the organization and tries to be a little more hands-on with a new head coach. Now, we're doing the multiverse of Maggie mm-hmm. and Perloff, which we do on Thursdays. And today we're reimagining what it would happen if Bill Belichick had never left New York to coach the Patriots. And the reason why we're doing this is because there's a new documentary coming out about the Patriots dynasty that lands tomorrow. All right, all up to speed. I don't think Tom Brady is a winner without Belichick. Now, I think this is the controversial one. I don't know exactly who the Patriots would have gone to had it not been Belichick. They were coming off of Pete Carroll. Now... Carroll then goes to USC and has tons of success and then Mm -hmm. Seattle and success. But the thing is about Belichick, he did draft Tom Brady. It was pick 199, I know. But he did pick Brady. He had a soft spot for Brady. Belichick hated the fact that Drew Bledsoe and Robert Kraft kind of went behind his back, according to him, and conspired to give Bledsoe that $100 million contract. So there was like always a big incentive to play Brady and to show that Brady was the real deal. Like, look, I can pick the quarterback in the sixth round. Bledsoe was the number one overall pick that you paid without even asking me, and I'm going to make the sixth rounder into a star. Now, Brady did his part. But I don't know if there would have been another coach that would have stood up for Brady in the way that Belichick did. So I don't know if Brady has the success without Belichick. Okay, I don't know if it ever gets started. One thing, uh, who actually picked Tom Brady is an interesting thing. Was it Pioli or was it Belichick? That's the other thing. Belichick, they... 
Brady, not only was he a six-round pick, he was their second six-round pick. They took some scrubby cornerback in the first who you know was Belichick's pick. I don't know. Well, I'm not sure Belichick was the guy who drafted the quarterback. He's already had a bunch of quarterbacks. Whenever Pioli's there, Belichick is there, they were in lockstep. Yeah, but you sure right. with Parcells? I, I just don't know that Parcells might have been running the show at, at that time in no, New no, York. No, no, Parcells was in New York. Oh, you, oh, think, the, York. you think that Belichick would well, have Well, my question Brady? is, would the Jet, are you giving... Would Brady have gone? Oh, okay. I took a different direction. Would the Jets have taken Brady? That's what I I <sighs> kind of thought of the flip Probably side. Not. I I don't know. Well, they so who is on their roster? Do we know who the backups were? So that's where it gets interesting because in the 2000 draft they drafted Chad Pennington, yeah. which would have been the year after Brady had been drafted. So, I mean, do they take a seven six round quarterback and then still take Chad Pennington the next round next year in the first round? I mean, they probably could. Like Wait, what, what, Brady what stop was a, you? Sorry, Brady was the 2000 draft, and what year was Pennington? Pennington was 2000. So it's, uh, they were in the same draft? They are in the same draft, I believe. Because Belichick yeah, Brady draft was the yeah, 2000 draft. And Bel- yes, and, t- and, and Chad Pennington was 2000 draft. So huh. do you draft two quarterbacks? Like They're probably not, right? Possible. Well, I it's, mean, not in, it's not impossible. A six-rounder is like a deep backup. But, it, yeah, in my scenario, sorry, I already assumed that Brady was not a Jet. And I think you did, too, with that saying Brady wouldn't have won. Uh, yeah, because I, I – but, again, Belichick did see something in him when he was in New England. Why would it have been different? And who, you know – Again, that goes to your question, who actually made the pick? Again, we're doing the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. This is where we imagine things uh, in sports, kind of sliding door situation. And today, because there's a new documentary coming out about the Patriots, we're wondering what if Bill Belichick had never left New York to go to New England. Now, Chris Lepresti is here today, and what our great fortune to have CeeLo doing updates for us because CeeLo was a beat reporter covering the Jets for It was five, five full seasons, seasons okay. and a couple parts, so I caught a little bit. About, I was like a half... Half-beat reporter for the Tebow years. My first full season was 2013. Okay, so you were after this, obviously. Yes. However, this had to be a conversation that went on in the building. Of course, and I think the key with the Jets is, and you hit on the ownership aspect of it, the constant turnover right. we've had really from the, I, from the time they went to those two AFC title games, which you can't take that away from them. First two years, Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez, stout defense, and everything that went right with the guys they brought in Bart Scott included. That's the last time they've been to the playoffs, and there's been turnover head coaching-wise, turnover general manager, a zillion quarterbacks that have come and failed and been chewed up and spit out. And to me, you have to, at some point, look at the one constant, and that is ownership. And it's not to say what he, like you said, he's not the worst owner in football. He doesn't have scandal written all across him. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. He seems like a very nice guy, actually. But there's been so much dysfunction. You mentioned the leaks. Anytime the man speaks into a microphone publicly, there seems to be something that he says that kind of just makes you scratch your head a little bit. Yeah, like uh, the most recent at NFL Honors, exactly. we said we well, didn't have a backup quarterback. Well, that's what like, I mean. That's what I mean. fault was that? I, speaking of faults, I was at one of these uh, Woody Johnson sort of, they weren't even formal press conferences. It was sort of like an informal scrum. You'd get it once a year. And one year he talked about foot faults, which I don't still don't know to this day. In tennis? Well, he, he was relating it to something in football. Oh. So that's what I mean. It's uh, just like Rex? when you've got the <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's that's yeah, yeah. low-hanging fruit. Very good, Pete. <laughs> so when you've got that at the top, and from everything you see and hear and read, he wants to be very involved over there. Sure. He's very active on social media. I'm sure you guys noted and saw about the uniform announcement yeah. basically 15 minutes after the Super Bowl ended like so just toned you, all great this timing. stuff so yeah. trying to picture what we know about Bill Belichick and that meshing with what Woody Johnson is to me would have been okay. disastrous I get it and again we're reimagining what if Bill Belichick had never left New York to go to the Patriots would that dynasty have happened in New England would the Jets be winners um 
you did have Parcells still in the For building one year. to be now, a buffer. Maybe, now, maybe that would have changed had Belichick been there. But he stayed on after he stopped coaching the Jets. Belichick stayed for, or uh, Parcells stayed for one year. Yeah, for Al as Grove. GM. So, you know, how long would that have lasted? And once he's out, then you have Woody coming in and maybe starting to meddle or getting involved. Yeah. He has so many people in his ear, advisors, like some of these general manager searches that they've gone through, the people that were advising him on the decisions. Then the one year they brought in. Um, uh, Casserly, they brought in Charlie some Casserly. actual NFL types to help him, and you know that's still yeah, crash. Mike McCagnin. Right, still crash yeah. and burn. Mike McCagnin, who's basically never been heard from since he lost. Yeah. The Same with John Idzik. You, well, you, at least Mike Tannenbaum, we see every once well, in a while. At least Idzik went and went back to being a cap guy for the Jaguars for a little bit. His son's a coach in the league. Right. His, but like McCagnin's was a scout. As far as I know, he's never been heard from since he lost the Jet job. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the stuff that goes on. Like he's in the Bermuda Triangle somewhere. Yeah. And that's somehow the guy the Jets ended up with. All right, like, forget Jets crazy. for one second. What happens to the Patriots? Patriots. See, I was thinking yeah. about that because I think that Robert Kraft may have still continued to meddle because if you're firing Pete Carroll after a couple of years, are you just doing a revolving door? Listen, the Patriots were not this buttoned-up, super-class organization Ooh, no. until they started winning. And so do you still keep the churn – in that way, does it even matter if Brady's in the building or not in the building? If you have a new head coach every three or four I think years? the pay, uh, I I think the Patriots are a pretty good franchise. I mean, no, they, they were lo- they lost a they, lot. I mean, they, what was the last year they were in the Super Bowl before ninety six? Yeah, so they had like, the they had like you know they they didn't have a huge drought. They they were ninety six to two thousand one was their longest Super Bowl drought. That's five years. I know, but if they hadn't gotten Belichick, how long would that drought? Have I lasted? just say I don't know. Maybe right. maybe Kraft. I think Kraft ran a pretty good organization. He might have found something. Belichick being a Parcells guy. Right. The connection, you know, like. He had had success with Belichick and then he basically brought in his clone. Yeah. Kraft is also, some people think Kraft's been actually the most influential owner in the NFL and the big TV success is all because of Kraft. Oh, that for sure. So I'm just thinking he's a smart guy. He might have figured, I think he's more likely to figure it out than the Jets figuring it out. Well, okay. But here's the thing. Does Kraft get all that credibility? Does he get elevated without, I mean, they were a dynasty in the snap of a finger. All of a sudden they've won three in four years and it's like, wait, the Patriots are this amazing. Amazing football team. I think Kraft gets elevated to, and his power becomes bigger because of the winning. I think both of these teams would have been very interesting because Pete Carroll did not do a good job with the Patriots. He had a really good roster, and they yeah. basically got worse every year he was there coaching yeah. with both Parcells as players. I think there's a chance that you bring in another coach who maybe fits those players better, and like you have a really good team. They had Drew Bledsoe, who was a good quarterback. Yep. Um, maybe Tom Brady never plays, but I think that probably returns to being a playoff team. I disagree with Burloff, and I maybe will go a step further than Maggie. I think the Jets may have won a Super Bowl with Bill Parcells. I mean, Bill Belichick. Because yeah. I think we forget how good the Jets were. Like, 98, yeah. they're 13-3. and three. They lose after leading the Denver Broncos at halftime going into that uh, AFC Championship game. 99, they're the favorites to come out of the AFC because John Elway gets, you know, retires, and that team is in turmoil. And then Vinny blows out his Achilles. Yes. Right. Well, that then Keyshawn asked, asked for a trade, right. right? And then also think about it, though. If you don't trade for Belichick, do you get Sean Ellis? Because that's the draft pick that you got, and he ended up being one of the great defensive players for the Jets. But you so. go into, yeah, and that's true. But when you go to 2000, Al Groh was a mess. But again, people forget how good that team started sure. that year. Uh, they were 6 and 1 with yeah. Vinny Tessler throwing picks left and right. Like, you don't think that <laughs> Bill Belichick would have been able to game manage his way through that season better God. with Vinny Tessler than Al Groh did? Al Groh never coached in the NFL after that. God, this conversation makes me so happy. I'm not a Jets fan. <laughs> the best thing you'll ever have is we almost would have won a Super Bowl. Uh, uh, listen, by I'll way, take it. I one mean, more technical, by the way. Yeah. No Belichick. Check Brady, how many rings does Peyton Manning win? 
I think oh. he wins a ton. I think he makes yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Yeah, yeah. because it, he was in there pretty. He got drafted in 98. He got in the title game by 2002. He has a lot more success. I'll also ask you what how many championships does Bill Cowher have? Because how many yeah. did yeah. Belichick keep Bill Cowher away? I mean, 2001, they were massive favorites. Yeah. People forget about that game. They were massive favorites that slash. at home. Yeah, yeah with, with Slash playing quarterback. And yeah. the Patriots kind of stunned them with Drew Bledsoe coming in for an injured Tom Brady. So, like, Bill Cowher, does he even stay that long to – get that last championship that last year, or does he win way more before then? Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I think Belichick wins in 2000 with the Jets. Uh, Could be. I, I think Keyshawn stays yeah. for that year, uh, but I don't think Belichick stays as long as he did with the Patriots. Would have gotten tired of the ownership. It would, yeah, because yeah, it, as we said, Robert Kraft gave Bill Belichick so much freedom yeah. To, to do what he, you know, he had GMs, but he, he did what he needed to do. And Vinny Testaverde and, and Belichick got along as on the Browns, and, and that would have been the push in 2000. This is great. We spread out titles everywhere. You get one, you get one, you go, you get the Jets one. So that, We're living this now Jets, with the Chiefs. How many, how, many, I know. how many titles are the Chiefs going to keep you, uh, I, I, gonna keep from people? I know. What if they had kept Alex Smith? We, you know. Yeah, Josh more Allen would have, a, would have a Super Bowl by now. The media market, I think, could be a factor as well. Not to discount what Boston oh, is. Boston can get very toxic. No, I know that. Yeah. But think about where they're at now because of all the success their franchises have had. They almost become a little bit of an entitlement and expectation. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that was the case until Belichick ushered in that run with the Patriots and then everything that happened with the Red Sox 2004 and all. Well, see, though, I think New York forces owners to do short-term moves yes. instead of long-term yeah. moves. So that, that'd be a concern. Maybe exactly. not with the Jets, but it's always a factor. Uh, all right, Celo, thank you for joining in on that. And EJ and, and Pete, everyone all around, great job. Again, the multiverse, we yeah. do that every Thursday. Coming up, uh, major, major story. The Lakers almost dealt away LeBron James. Joe Varden uh, is an NBA writer for The Athletic. He will join us to break down uh, this what if and what could have been. We get to that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Back on Maggie and Perloff. NBA trade deadline. They have to move it because it gets buried by the Super Bowl every year. But this year was disappointing regardless of the timing because we did not have the great moves and now we're finding out, Maggie, we could have had great moves. Yeah, it turns out we could have had the all-time blockbuster trade of the generation, maybe. Uh, Joe Varden is a senior NBA writer for The Athletic, joins us now. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for waking up for us. Thanks for the time. How you doing? Well, I'm good. It's good to see both of you. I wanted to say, since I'm at home, um, but I, I know that we're on Zoom, and so I wanted to look presentable, and of course, Perloff yeah. has a hat. <laughs> um, but I have here a Case Western hat, Ooh. Case Western Reserve Baseball, which is the rival of NYU, which is just a few blocks from where you guys are. So I'm a rival today. Oh, my Whoa. gosh. NYU has an athletic department? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> they have uniforms and everything. It's really great. <laughs> Wait, Joe, did you go to Case Western? I'm not nearly smart enough to go there. <laughs> I uh, I went to a, a small, a different small school in Ohio, but my uh, my buddy is the baseball coach there. So. <laughs> go, Joe Varden joining us. Okay, so the trade that almost could have been 11th hour, the Warriors reach out to the Lakers. This started allegedly at an ownership level or got to ownership where Joe Lacob is calling Jeannie Buss. We know Draymond Green was part of the recruitment here to try to swing this last second trade for LeBron. Joe, why, you're based out of Cleveland. You know LeBron. You're very familiar with him. How would the, do the Warriors really think they were going to get LeBron James at the 11th hour, or are they just reacting to LeBron's sort of passive-aggressive tweets that he had been putting out before the deadline? 
Well, LeBron has been passively aggressively tweeting for at least 10 years because that's how long I've been, <laughs> I've been in the NBA. He does this all the time. Uh, he seldom explains what they even mean. Um, and, you know, I think it's part of the original ESPN report. You know, there's a few one-liners in there with regards to some wild calls that Daryl Morey made uh, looking for, I think, Kevin Durant. I think uh, I think also Daryl might have called the Lakers and and Rob Palenka asked for Joel Embiid in return. I mean, this, this is... Um, I don't want to quite say tongue in cheek, but I think to let you know how far away this was, who are the Warriors going to trade? That's yeah. kind of a rhetorical <laughs> question. Like who, who, how do they make the math work? I have an answer, but then it gets really sensitive. So I'm putting the question to you guys first. Who do the Warriors send out to get LeBron? Well, I think it was Kaminga who has really come on in the last, you know, little bit. And then obviously maybe it's, I don't know. Is Clay's expiring? I have no idea. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, Clay is. And the other thing, of course, is he's, he makes $40 million, which is LeBron makes 47 million. You have to make the salaries match. So that's yeah. really what we're talking about here. Were the Warriors going to trade Clay Thompson for LeBron? Would the Lakers have ever accepted that? Um, Why would you know, the Lakers I, do that? Right. I, I just, um, I, I understand what's going on uh, with, you know, the Lakers and LeBron and LeBron getting anxious like he always does and kind of having one eye looking outwards, perhaps um, that's the perception right now. I'm not sure that I buy it. Um, I'm way out there on this and I'm going to stick to it until I'm wrong. Um, just how happy he is to live in Los Angeles. Two of his three children, of course, are still there. His wife is still there. She loves L.A. Um, and listen, I, I know that people, you know, especially in the NBA, they, they go to work in one city and the family lives in another one and you fly around on private jets when you can, certainly they have the means to do that. I just don't buy it. I don't think that's the way he wants to live. Um, I think he wants to, to stay in, in Los Angeles. That's certainly where they're happiest. Um, and I, and I strongly suspect that the Lakers will do whatever they can to make sure that Bronny James is on the team next year too. So what does this say about LeBron and his chase for another ring to maybe catch Michael Jordan? Has he partly given up on that dream? Because it doesn't feel like the energy is like, I got to get this championship core together again. So this was last season uh, when he came here uh, to Cleveland. Um, you know, I get, I get a chance to see him every now and then all over the NBA. Uh, but when he comes through here, um, had a, was able to have a kind of a private moment with him. Uh, my colleague at the at the athletic and I, who both covered LeBron when he was here in Cleveland for different outlets, and we asked that very question: um, Are you are you done with the championship? Because you know, if you're not at the time, the Lakers were a mess. They had Russell Westbrook, and we were saying, listen, if 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 you aren't asking for your own trade. If you are not thinking of of taking a different contract elsewhere, I mean, look at your roster. And he insisted that he was not uh, that he was not done. And and I think that shows his faith in the Lakers. Um, you know, you look at what happened last year. At this time a year ago, they stunk. They were thirteenth out of out of the Western Conference race, and they ended up in the Western Conference Finals. So. I know they didn't make a move this year, um, but they they have that roster that got them there last year. So the bet with LeBron, and I think it's going to be this way until he quits, which is for him is get me in the tournament. If you get if you get LeBron in the tournament, he promises to take care of the rest. 
Um, he didn't get to a finals last year. He didn't win. But getting to the Western Conference Finals at his age with what they had and where they were at this time last February is pretty good. Joe Varden is joining us. He's a senior NBA writer for The Athletic. You mentioned the brawny part of it, and I want to get to that in a moment. But we're reacting off of the news we got yesterday, which is that the Warriors did make some kind of offer, overture. It started at 11th hour talks to try to trade for LeBron James right before the deadline. LeBron and Curry together. Now, Mm -hmm. Joe, I mean, they're rivals, no doubt. Going back to when LeBron was playing for the Cavs and when the Warriors, they were meeting in the tie, in the in the finals year after year. Do you think LeBron would ever not just team up with Curry, but go to Curry's team and kind of do the Kevin Durant where I'm joining you at your place? Do you think he would ever do that considering um, the conversation it spurred around Durant and how people, you know, kind of denigrate Durant's titles because he went and joined the Warriors? I think if LeBron were sitting in this chair right now, well, if he was, first of all, there'd probably be a ton of cars lined up in my driveway. <laughs> but but other than that, still repping Case Western sit- though, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. If if he uh, if he were sitting here and answering this question, I think he would say something dipl- diplomatic, like um, you know, it would be an honor to play with to play with a player as great as Steph. Uh, he would do that, and and certainly. Uh, all the way back to September, uh, on on my way home from Manila, uh, Shams and I reported that LeBron not only was ready to play for Team USA, but that he had called Steph, called Durant, uh, and lined up this group of six to to step forward and play for the Americans. Compare so, so LeBron is certainly wants to play with Steph. Uh, their games really could you know uh, complement one another. But to your point about about the rivalry thing, I, I think that still exists. It, it, it is softened over time, but th- this had come up before. Th- there was, um, I can't remember the circumstances, but I think it was either 2017 or 2018, around the trade deadline, there was discussion about this, about LeBron joining the Warriors either through trade or as a free agent. And this is when he played for Cleveland. And like he had to say, come on, get real. At this point, like he is not somebody who's going to go and join a rival like that, or at least he hasn't up until this point. He's been doing it for 21 years. So I, I just, I don't see that. Um, I don't see him going up there uh, to, to, to go play for Steph's team. I mean, that is like almost like um, he, he is giving up his throne as face of the NBA, which isn't necessarily something he always liked to talk about, but he knows he still has it. He knows it's waning, and I don't think he would want to hand it Mm. off by going and joining a super team like that. We're talking to senior NBA writer, The Athletic, Joe Varden. So Maggie mentioned it. I think the missing piece of championship is clearly a uh, point guard who's averaging five points a game at USC right now. Uh, (laughs) Where do we stand now with LeBron trying to play with his son, Bronny James? Well, I think it's, I, I mean, I, how do you, how does anybody know? I, I'm sure that no one um, in our biz, our line of work has sat down with LeBron and, and said like, okay, you, you know, unequivocally, is this what you have to do next year? Like he had softened on this a little bit, one, because of everything, um, actually, even before the physical problems that, that Bronny had, thank goodness he's doing better now but even before that when he had signed at usc lebron backed off of this a little bit he said you know um that is something i want this is what i would like but 
I've got to worry about his future and what he wants to do. So um, I the last I had heard from around his camp is that uh, the interest is still very high in, in Bronny entering the upcoming draft. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Lakers are going to do what they can to, to bring Bronny in and other teams will uh, have to weigh this and see if it is worth bringing in a player who, as you mentioned, um, doesn't have a ton of experience, hasn't shown a huge upside to this point offensively. Uh, is it worth um, drafting him in one of two NBA rounds, one of 60 guys? Um, are you is your play? to get LeBron. If you, if you're Charlotte, North Carolina, is LeBron going to come there? Uh, if you're Atlanta, is LeBron going to come there? Like that, that's the, the calculus that, that you have to make. Um, you know, I, I if I were involved, I would preach, I, I would love to see Bronny get a second year of college um, just because he didn't get to play the whole time this year. Uh, he's been on some of these teams as a, as a teenager where there have been some players who are actually um, higher ranked than him, considered to be better players than him. So I would like to give him a little more opportunity to grow into his game and become sort of that um, the, the type of player with the type of mentality that you need in the NBA because I, I want him to do well in the yeah. NBA. I don't want him to just be there because of his dad. Like I know he there's certain things he does really well. Um, I want him to sort of refine that and, and have a chance to, to be successful at the next level. Joe, uh, quickly, we're coming up against a break, all-star break coming up uh, this weekend. Is there a favorite in the NBA right now? Is there a team that everyone's looking at as a, this is the year for them? Boston. It yeah. has to be. I mean, uh, T- Tatum and Brown have never won. This is the deepest team they've ever had around them and the most versatile. I know, you know, the words are similar, but... Um, they can mean two different things. And so we have to respect what they've done to this point. They have not taken the regular season for granted, and they are loaded, bar- barring injury, for a, for a deep playoff run. Joe Varden, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. Uh, good luck to you. Is it the Spartans? Case Western, <laughs> yeah, I, Spartans? I, it is the, it is the Spartans. Yeah. I'll get you guys a schedule. <laughs> thank you. We keep us updated on everything that's going on. We appreciate it, as always. Thank you for the insight, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate that. Uh, okay, CeeLo is here. He's got headlines for us, and we'll unpack a little of what Joe had to say about LeBron James. But uh, CeeLo, hello. All right, so we heard from the Kelsey brothers last hour in the latest episode of their new Heights podcast, obviously talking Super Bowl, the fallout from Sunday's OT Classic against the 49ers. Uh, this was kind of funny. So a lot of footage, of course, of Taylor Swift, her embrace, and the smooch, we'll call it, with Travis on the field <laughs> post game. But you also had the viral videos where they hit the town in Vegas yeah. that night. Travis and Taylor, they're dancing to her song at one point. And then you've got Grizzly Jason wearing this uh, luchador mask Saw that he it. found somewhere yeah. along the way and uh, doing a <laughs> belly dance yes. in it at one point. And they kind of had a laugh about that. But. It's a very strong <laughs> dichotomy of just two different worlds. Two people in love and enjoying the moment together. Panning to a complete Neanderthal who is no longer connected with modern day society. That about sums up the whole dynamic, have but you, it's you, working for them. Have you seen the, it's like a video and it seems like maybe it's a lobby of the hotel or wherever they were walking and, and Travis is there with Taylor and they're kind of walking arm in arm and Jason basically falls into a plant. Oh my God. Like into, a, <laughs> like into an indoor tree. On brand. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He was banged up and uh, before the, you know, tragic events yesterday in Kansas City, I'm sure you guys saw the footage on stage of Travis trying to sing Friends in Low Places yep. and basically being held up by his teammates mm. and Mahomes. I mean, they were... Uh, this one went over the top, I yeah. think, even for 
listen, parades, listen, they, in Philadelphia, they're eating horse poop. They have to grease <laughs> up the poles. I mean, Tom Brady almost threw the Lombardi trophy into the ocean. Yeah, that was we, pretty good. We've had a lot, and Brady had to get held up by, uh, it was a oh, Blaine yeah, Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert, yeah. But we've seen a lot of really drunken behavior. I even felt like yesterday, obviously, way before anything yeah. tragic yeah. happened, it, it felt really drunk. Like, and, really, really drunk. And that was after Andy Reid publicly said, like, look, you know, have fun, but, like, let's be smart, you know? I've never then, seen the Lombardi uh, trophy used as a, a beer luge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, thought, I thought Tom Brady and the Bucks pushed it by throwing it, you know, throwing it around in the yeah, river. Yeah. Like, but, you know, what's funny, though. This actually made me maybe, I mean, I don't like the Chiefs. I still think they're unlikable. But this stuff made me like them a little more. Like, I don't know if you guys saw Richie James on Instagram. He, You know, they posted pictures of him when he lost the Super Bowl and then when he won the Super Bowl. And they were like, he looked the same. He wasn't smiling. And they were like, what's his deal? And then he commented on the picture saying, I was thinking about what's going to happen to my liver after this game. <laughs> That's why I was <laughs> So, like, I mean, this is a team that clearly it has a lot of fun. And some of that stuff we saw with them complaining about the refs and some of the antics during the season that got people upset. I wonder if we see more of this. Maybe people can go back to liking the Chiefs. Everybody... You you really still don't like the Chiefs just because they complain about the refs? Oh, there's a lot of stuff. The referees give them calls. Like, yeah, oh, the Chiefs are unlikable. We keep doing this. And they're you keep still likable. I've always said they're likable. I'm with you, You can't like them now, EJ. You can't throw back. They're, yeah. Patrick Mahomes has got to be the nicest superstar this in the league. This is just the classic people. are. They have the fatigue, and they don't want to see a team that's going to either yeah. be there or win every year. This, by the way, adds to my theory that this pressure is getting to Travis Kelsey. That's why he's going over the top. Don't you think dating the biggest star in the world is to, to be anxiety-provoking? Yeah, sure. Uh, no doubt, but it's also his choice. I, the, the, another way you knew that this was a particularly drunken, so you had Willie Gay yesterday. Yeah. Again, before the tragic events happened at the parade. No shirt on, but that's kind of normal. Yeah. Mahomes didn't have a shirt on either. No shoes. <laughs> Who leaves the shoes <laughs> during uh... a parade? And why would you want to... Remove your shoes. Who knows? When the you're picture, outside. The picture I saw, he was also lying in the street. He was lying in the street <laughs> with really a bottle guy? of Hennessy <laughs> with no shoes and no shirt. Yeah. He had the key play when he spied Purdy on that third down run. Yep. That yep. was huge. Some of them were banged up. I mean, Brittany Mahomes herself tweeted out, or Insta, I think it might have been Instagram, that she did a she did a, through an IV in before the parade just in preparation. Get out yes. of here. That's an athlete. Yes. <laughs> One of these, you know, nutrient-rich things. They got these, you can take stuff now yeah. beforehand. If Wait, you know you're going to be what? doing a lot of drinking. Have People do that? Oh, I yeah. it's Maybe not after the fact. She no, actually put a needle could, into her some, arm? No, I don't think no, no, she like did it herself, but she had a friend do Wait, it Wait, even so? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Are you not aware of this? So yeah. you can have someone come to your home, or in Las Vegas, you can like go to a place and yeah. do it. I oh, know, yeah. I'm yeah. sure in Atlantic City they have it, whatever. So you have like a, a registered nurse, like yeah. somebody yeah. who does this for a living, not a f- neighbor. Before you party? <laughs> yeah. I always thought it was after, but yeah, before. Sure. Yeah, 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 before yeah. You have- I've had the after thing in the emergency room, but <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, there's powders you can drop into. Yeah, water there's one thing to, to chug a Gatorade. It's another to put yeah. a needle into your vein. Yeah. Oh yeah, she went full IV. I, there was a I picture know. on Instagram I, to prove it. I told you guys I went to a holiday party this season, uh, a Christmas party at a friend's house where they had two water stations set up. One was just water, and the second was liquid IV. I was like, oh my gosh. Liquid IV, that's the <laughs> I'm one. I'm just going to have a, gonna be. a glass of wine and a brownie and get up <laughs> on out of here, but 
Liquid IV. Okay, a cooler of liquid IV is not having a bag of plastic of uh, plasma like you're in an emergency room. That yeah. is no, it's baller. not plasma. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know what you. This mean. isn't the German knee surgery problem. <laughs> no, but you're like, wait, you, you've been your platelets a little. You've never right. heard of getting an IV before you go out drinking. That's not a thing, guys. I totally disagree with you. I show <laughs> you another. It is not a thing. Okay. <laughs> Willie Gay. I just realized this got interviewed laying on the ground with no shoes on. Well, again. How are you so drunk that your shoes come off? That team uh, clearly, to Perloff's point, and maybe not just Cows, I think that team was under a lot of stress. This is, yeah, they clearly. talked about how this was a difficult season at multiple points. And, you know, yeah. Andy Reid said he thanked Antonio Pierce for basically changing their season when the Raiders win the Christmas and, you know, beat them up and threw them around a little bit. Like, this is a team that definitely was waiting for this moment to celebrate. Well, it's funny got, because the, they, got the Instagram post. Yeah. Right? There's so that's because her nurse friend, she, he's, he's moved on. <laughs> okay. Well, I, it's just amazing because they did amazing. this. They Great. act like you've been there before. They just had a uh, championship last year. So yeah. why is this one so worse? Because people left them for dead like mid mid mm. to maybe three quarters of the Is way. that why or is it something else? The, the swift angle? Yeah, I guess. Maybe I it's all of it. Yeah. Maybe it's all of it. I think it's all of it. All right. Very well. Well, apparently she <laughs> got for everybody. Yeah. she got the IV, but Willie Gay did not get the IV. <laughs> no, no. Willie Gay might need some. New, like idea. New, idea. Next, new idea. Tomorrow's show, we all line up. We get IVs before we get started at 6 a.m. Let's go. Yeah, that sounds well, good, actually. Yeah. Actually, there's a company called Party Prep that will give you an IV with magnesium, potassium, zinc, vitamin C before you go out and party. I just don't get it. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, because... It's innovation. Because it prevents you from getting super drunk if you have all this stuff in you. You want to get hammered, then you put right. all the stuff in, right? Yeah, I guess. I, it depends on... So, I'm sure your bankroll uh, factors in here as well. <laughs> you can afford such things. Also, I mean, is it... I don't know. Is that what you want to do after you're all... You know, drunk and celebrating. It's like, guys, I just need a 20 second time out here for me to go get an IV. Yeah, you, yeah. You, no, <laughs> no, you but the key is before you go out, you put the little plate of two Advil and the bottle of Gatorade uh, so you remember to drink it before yeah. you go to bed, right? Next to the bed, yeah. yep. A little, a little preparation. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's your party prep right yeah. there. I'll give you a quick one. I know I'm probably got to go here in a second. Uh, so Howie Mandel's got a podcast. Who doesn't these days, yeah. right? I guess with his daughter, some other folks. So they get Dana White on in studio, and uh, Mandel introduces him by uh, throwing many bouquets in White's direction. You are not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration, you are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and oh. media is, uh, uh. I'm, I'm jealous. And But Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Okay, so there's how he teased him up, and uh, here's how that was received by Dana White. And thank you. For all the kind words, I appreciate it. I, I am so tired of doing podcasts. It's I, I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. And he got up, and he walked away, and everyone was in silence. And eventually, you can hear the door shut here in a sec. And he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and there was just like this yes. look of bewilderment on everyone's faces as he just he just wow. exited stage right or left, yes. and that was the end of that. And. That's because all those things that Howie Mandel said about him are not true. Definitely not true. <laughs> I'm a good businessman. Okay, we'll give him that. Yeah, maybe that one. I've, I mean. Oh. So you think he was just so offended by the philosopher? Crap that he was feeding him that he's like, I'm out of here. No, I think Dana White's really not a good person. Oh, <laughs> so right. I think he walked away. <laughs> I, he, Dana, I mean, Howie, read a newspaper. <laughs> I mean, come on. But did, did, How, did Howie have, say something about him before? Oh, and he was maybe. trying to make up for it? Maybe. Maybe he did. 
well then why even why agree would he to agree do the interview? To, yeah right like, come in and right. embarrass Maybe him do that yeah i mean I, dana's not a good not a good dude i i kind of feel like is this a was this a, did dana think this was a rib like like did he come he in being sarcastic yeah like like oh you're gonna make like because again he was saying stuff that was so over the top. Even yeah. if Dana was a great person, that all that would have been over the top. Yeah. Like maybe Dana's mm. like, I know who I am, and this is clearly not who I am. Like this is a joke. I'm getting out of here. Maybe they thought they booked someone else. <laughs> also, is it Dana, Dana, Dana White? Where's was yeah. nothing funny? To some extent, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Not not being all that up on what goes on with UFC or Howie Mandel's career at this point. Watching the video mm. and seeing the reaction from him, and I guess it's his daughter and other guys that work yeah. on the podcast. I was like. Is this staged? Like they were yeah. just like Andy Kaufman. They were like in such shock yeah. and didn't say anything that it almost seemed like maybe it was prearranged. But I don't know why that would be the case. Well, I was thinking if Dana White walks out on Howie Mandela as a million Instagram followers, how long can we keep him on this show? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. Listen, I already my my relationship with Dana is dicey, Shot. <laughs> <laughs> dicey right. at, at best. Uh, CeeLo, thank you. Always Fantastic a pleasure to job be here. Thank all you. morning long. Really appreciate that. Uh, coming up. Big question about LeBron James, his future now in doubt. Will he be in L.A. next year after what we learned yesterday? Get to that next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over. Overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Uh, Before we get to LeBron... In his future, Jamie is in Syracuse talking before about celebrity lookalikes for people on the show. Jamie, you've got one for me. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Chelsea Green from the WWE. Okay. Pete and uh, and EJ, can you interpret that? Is that a compliment or not? That is a compliment. Definitely a compliment. Okay. Yes. I don't, I don't know Chelsea Green. What, what era was she? Now. Oh, she's right now. <laughs> oh, ha, ha. Hey, everybody at WWE. <laughs> Huge fans. Uh, okay. And what do you think about the 49ers? They parted ways with Steve Wilkes. Yes, uh, Rex Ryan and bring back that vaunted 1985-46 defense. They got the linebackers and the line to pull it off. Jamie, they are speaking Perloff's language right yeah. now. This is catnip for Perloff. Thank you for the phone call. Yeah. the front. I mean, to have that front line disappear Steve I think Steve Wilkes should have been fired in the middle of the playoffs how can Nick Bosa Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave not torture the quarterback but, this but is a Bosa scheme had problem a great Super Bowl he didn't have a sack I don't know if he had one sack he he was disruptive in the Super Bowl it's he not just that it's it's uh, the games leading up to it too I no I I do not think that I mean how many turnovers they got one turnover Really, it was a mistake by Mahomes. They need to, oh, sorry, two turns, McCaffrey fumbled. They need to really be causing havoc. Their defense should lead the way, not their offense. 
look at the players. I don't. I I didn't think they were bad enough to warrant firing Steve Wilkes, but now we'll see who they're going to hire because it's obviously extremely late in the process. Um, meanwhile, the Lakers story from yesterday that the Warriors called at the eleventh hour to try to trade for LeBron James. Now listen, we know pulling off a trade of that magnitude during the trade deadline was never going to happen. One thing I, I think LeBron was trying to do with all the passive aggressive tweets leading up to the deadline. Perloff, I think he was trying to smoke out teams that actually would be interested, setting up what should be an eventful offseason. So the Warriors, now we know, are interested. The Philadelphia 76ers might be interested. I think mm. LeBron's trying to get a sense of what his market may be if he actually does want to leave the Lakers. Um, I think that maybe you're assigning too much meaning to all of this. Maybe. Because... I feel like when we talk about LeBron, it gets kind of dense. Like, there's always layers, and we think he that he's... He likes it that ma- way. Yeah, but maybe he's not manipulating the situation as much, and kind of I agree with what Joe Varden... This, like, he kind of likes living in L.A., and he's cool with this. Well, I don't think that he's doing some Machiavellian game here. Okay. I mean, I'll always sign up LeBron for some kind of weird Machiavellian thing, but Bronny has another piece to this. Yeah. Bronny is not ready to play in the NBA right now, but... That, I don't know if Bronny's ever going to be ready to play in the NBA. That's another conversation, but... If, is LeBron going to use his power, the immense power he yes. has at the Lakers, to push for them to trade for him no matter what? Absolutely. Okay, but if you're a Laker fan, what does that do for you? Yeah, who cares if you have Bronny on the bench? There's eight other guys who don't get into the rotation. Just put him with them. See, I don't know if it's just that simple because you're wasting a draft pick just for a LeBron's vanity. Well, it's good, though, because he can fall to the second round now. Even so, still, I mean... What what difference is a second round... You're telling me the Lakers need a second round pick or he can even get on the court for the Lakers? This I, is... A, look at some of these guys uh, on the Lakers. Uh, I'm trying to find... Well, they're all pretty good, actually. <laughs> exactly. It's not that many roster spots. I mean, Maxwell Lewis out of uh, Pepperdine isn't doing much for them. <laughs> hit, hit the road, Maxwell. I've never heard of him. <laughs> uh, thank you to EJ Stewart. Thank you to Pete Pilotti. Thank you to Chris Lopresti. Andrew Kaplan, we want to thank P.J. Green, who joined us from Kansas City today, as well as Joe Varden from The Athletic, the Weedos, the coffee drinkers. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.